Hello, peace and blessings. This is Chrysalis Sun here, the hostess of Be The Vibe Radio. And the date is June 17th of 2020. And um, I, it's interesting. I am, tonight I'm going to do like a very informal episode. I just have some things I want to talk about. And I don't know if you can tell, I'm feeling very somber, very serious. Um, and mainly because I've been in seclusion. I've been kind of off social media except for Instagram. And I've been very much just kind of, I took a step back from doing readings. Like I, I um, just kind of uh, lowered my availability for readings and kind of, Focus this month on me just recouping and focusing on my health and myself, my well-being and whatnot. So I've been very quiet this month. I've done way less episodes than I usually do. And I usually will pump out at least like maybe three or four episodes a month. This will only be the second episode that I'll be posting for the month of June and the other one was the why in the sky which the why in the sky doesn't count because I'm automatically gonna always do that one every month but I haven't been saying much since then and um but it's just been very interesting to me I feel like I um just want to just talk um I brewed some coffee. I would be smoking a cigar, but the mister uh, smoked up all the cigars. <laughs> it's a coffee and cigar kind of evening, but I ain't got no cigars. So it's just going to be coffee. And um, if I'm feeling a little randy, I'll put some rum in, in the coffee, but um, my spirits haven't called for that yet. But um yeah, so tonight I am just going to talk about just what's going on in the world right now. You know, that's why this the 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 title is my thoughts on pandemics, revolts and black rage. That's the title of this episode. Cuz I'm just going to sit and I'm just going to talk and the funny thing is just like I've been very quiet because um I'm I have so many thoughts about what's going on, like so many opinions and so so many thoughts, like I said, some of it's opinion, some of it is actual insights and things that has been told to me from spirit. But I'm also very aware of the weight of my words. You know, my weight, my 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 words hold weight. A lot of you come to me and, and or you come to this podcast, you come to my my media and you really take into consideration what I say. You very much take what I say seriously. You take it to heart. And I've under, come to understand the importance of that, like how that is, uh, it's a big deal. And so I've learned to not be so reckless about what I say, especially on platforms that are being um, listened to on a mass scale, especially because my thoughts and my insights and my opinions are way left, way unorthodox, way just like controversial um so I've just been sitting on it but I think tonight I'm just gonna just lay it all out and just talk so that is what's gonna happen with this episode um and you know I just want to say forgive me beforehand if I'm uh stumbling over my words more than usual Mercury just went retrograde I've already had the last three four days of me just not getting out what I want to say right (laughs) 
So this is the start of that. Like that's just it's official, you know. And that you know, for those who listen to the Why in the Sky, you already know that we're just in a shitstorm of retrogrades, and Mercury just added. Mercury just came to the party, so yeah. So if I'm communicating differently than I usually do, blame it on on Mercury. But tonight's episode is my thoughts on pandemics, revolts, and black rage. So like I said, I've been really quiet. Uh, this past month, I've just really been in a deep state of reflection, mainly because I've been watching what's going on in the world, but also I've been processing and downloading how the collective is affecting me because I am an empath. I, you know, I'm a medium, I'm wide open and shit affects me. So I, you know, when I have to balance that, you know, it's important for those of us who are empaths and we are watching things that's going on i know a lot of empaths are struggling right now and the part what needs to happen with that you know with with, with everything that's going on is to really just integrate it like integrate it slowly and if you have to take a step back take a step back and you have to if you have to immerse yourself do so but just make sure that you're balancing you know and that you were taking the time to observe and then integrate observe and then integrate that's what i've been in this past month and I already feel like the month is over, but we're only like halfway through it. We still got two more weeks of the month, and I'm just like, wow. I just do. I feel like June's been the longest month ever, but you know, for me, I've been overwhelmed. Like real talk, like I've been overwhelmed. It's been a lot. You know, I've been having to really like shut down a lot of communication. I've had to shut down a lot of um, conversations. I've had to just straight up tell folks like I can't participate in this discussion of this energy. Um, and it's so funny because I feel like, you know, I feel like, you know, the, our, these revolts and COVID-19 has affected me in the following ways. Like, I feel like I'm doing like an intervention, right? So this is, COVID-19 has affected me in the following ways. Like, (laughs) I've been drained mostly, just no energy. Um, I've been moody as fuck, you know, extra irritated, extra irritable, um, you know, and a lot of it because it's just spirits are riled up, the collective is riled up, and you know, I have my own feelings. I'm riled up, shit. You know, I'm not gonna blame it on I'm not gonna blame all my irritability on my environment. It's also me. Like I feel a way about shit, you know, and I have to acknowledge that as well. My sleep pattern's been off. I've I've been sleeping in late. I've been not been up all night. I've been going, you know, like I've been up going to bed early, waking up early. Like it's just I've been not sleeping through the night. My dreams have been off. I've either had crazy dreams I ha- or not remembering my dreams or there's been so much going on in my dreams that it's just like I wake up and I'm like, what the fuck? So that's how I've been affected by this. Um, a lot of sadness, a lot of heaviness, just a lot of, you know, I, a lot of um, pain that's being felt across the board. Um, you know, so and I've had my own have to watch my own health around all of this. And I'm not to say that my health is bad. Like, I don't want anyone to be alarmed. But, you know, anytime there's major retrogrades, um, I have a lot of um, based off of my own natal chart. I have to watch my health when certain planets go retrograde because, you know, the way that my placements are, those planets will, they directly affect my health. And just a sidebar, if you have any questions about that, I definitely would get with Shaman Hands and get a natal chart reading so he can break that down for you. Um, You definitely want to know 
how you are personally affected by these planets. So that's just a side note. So that's what's been going on with me, you know, and it just seems like it's just gotten worse and worse over the course of the year. There's been no break. I think the only reprieve that we had was March and I don't think we're having another one until December. So this is how it's going to be for the rest of the year. So I've just been really taking a space of fortifying myself and getting more grounded um, in order to deal with this shit, yo, because it's a lie. I'm like, what the fuck, you know? And even though it's been foretold, so to speak, it's, I mean, prophesizing something, seeing something coming, um, the theory of it is a hell of a lot different than experiencing it. So I've just been watching and waiting. Yeah, I've been seeing how things have been playing out because it's just been such a high and low of emotions going on over these last three months that I've just had to just flow with it and just observe from and try to be as objective as possible. Even though as a black woman who's a spiritualist, who is... You know, like I like I'm spiritualist. I'm black. I'm a woman. I am LGBT. You know, like I identify as queer. Like I am very much connected to all the movements that are going on right now. And I'm an activist. You know, I am an activist. So it's so hard for me to sit and wait and watch and be objective when I really want to just get in the fray and fuck shit up with everybody else. You know, so that's what I've been dealing with. Um. But I've had to be objective because honestly, a lot of what's happening, I've seen coming Um, and I've been I've seen it coming and I've been talking about it since 2016. So for those of you who've been with me for a while, you know, like some of my old YouTube videos, some of my old blog posts, some of my old Facebook and, you know, Instagram posts. I've been talking about this. So I just, you know. You know, I've just been not wanting to just, I hate repeating myself. And I've been repeating myself for the past four years. So I've just kind of learned to just not say anything and just let shit happen. You know, so that's another reason why I've been, you know, pulled back. And I've just kind of been watching, waiting, not saying much. Because I've been saying this. I've been talking about these very things that are occurring, you know, that have been occurring this year. The other reason why I've been swat silent is because y'all been keeping me real busy with these readings. Like I have been booked up and busy with readings nonstop since March. And I am very grateful that you guys have been coming to me seeking spiritual guidance. But I'm like, yo, like I did not expect to get hit with so many people that needed guidance. Um, and I, I, I kind of have some more things I want to say about that, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But it just lets me know that, you know, people, a lot of people haven't really been taking the time over these last few years to get ready for this shit, you know? So now this shit hits the fan, it's like they don't know what to do or where to go. And I'm glad that people are coming to me because at least that they're coming to someone who is ethical, who is truly trying to assist them with navigating what's going on and assisting them with their sovereignty. But there's been a lot of people I'm seeing that are exploiting what's going on too. A lot of spiritualists that are exploiting shit. So that's something else that I've seen. And then at the end of the day too, I've been just silent because I'm tired. Y'all like I'm legitimately just tired. Like I, 
I just ain't got it in me. And I had to really take this month to, to, to take a break because I'm like, you know, like, this shit is just exhausting. It's just so fucking exhausting. Not not only what's going on with the world, but what's going on, you know, like with our collective consciousness on a spiritual level, because this is not just happening in one domain like this is we're all interconnected interconnected on a spiritual and a physical level and i'm gonna tell you what's going on now with our physical realm and it is also going on on a spiritual level and i'm not just talking about the 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 uprising and the anger i'm also talking about the lack and the the poverty and the um the issues with the economy, that's even being felt on a spiritual level. And I know this because spirit has came to me or come to me and they have revealed that, that this is being felt on their end. And I'm going to talk more about that a little bit later too. So I'm tired. Like, I'm tired. Like, y'all coming to me, spirits coming to me, ancestors coming to me, and it's just a lot. So that's the real tea on why I've been silent. Um... But I don't want to be silent anymore. Like, I do feel like I need to get some things off my chest because, you know, me putting these podcasts out, these episodes and communicating is very much, you know, it's helpful for you all, but it's therapeutic for me as well. So I can't keep it in. You know, I'm like, okay, let me sit down, let me process this and let me talk my shit and let me just really say what I really want to say, right? So let me talk about this pandemic first. Um, I actually been purposely very quiet about sharing my thoughts about the pandemic because I want to be honoring of those who are really going through it and really experiencing the full gamut of this pandemic, right? But in all honesty, when the when things first started to go down, I was very neutral about it I still am very neutral about it now my first thoughts when the pandemic started to come around and be a thing was like okay well it's been a while since we've had a plague okay and I know that may seem callous but the reality is that when you look at history and you're talking to someone who is a political science major and you know minor in history and all this other shit I I, I'm very much about patterns and systems okay that's how my mind works so we've had histories of plagues, of sick, of mass sicknesses that have wiped out um, whole groups of people, civilizations, you know, thousands, millions of people, etc. This is natural evolution. This is, you know, this is all scientific in nature. It's historic in nature, but it's also scientific in nature. Every so often, Earth comes around, nature comes around, and it it cleanses, it purges. And I know it may seem callous, but that is when you when I look at it from an objective way, that's what it is. And it's been a very long time since we've had a mass plague or a mass cleansing, right? So when it first started to happen, I'm like, okay, this is about you know, this is in alignment with history and science and we're about due for something like this okay um but then at the same time too I also understand that much of what's happening is orchestrated okay so there's been more than enough evidence to show that a lot of this now now mind you COVID is a real disease it's a real thing it's a real 
it's a real um sickness it's a real illness okay so i'm not saying it's not real however it is the 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 extent to which it's caused damage has been orchestrated there's more than enough evidence that points to that more than enough scientific evidence documentaries doctors coming out scientists coming out so I don't need to get into the whole like I'm not a, I'm not here to debate COVID whether COVID-19 is a, a conspiracy or not. OK, I will say it's real. I'm saying that its effects have been um, amplified because it's been orchestrated to that end. OK, now, even though it has been orchestrated like this disease, this illness has been um, socially constructed or socially orchestrated the reason why it has hit as hard as it's hit on all levels is because our livelihoods have supported um this disease and the reason why i say that is because um you know on a health why like on a health level a physical health in terms of physical health We've been having signs for at least the last two decades that we as a society need to do better with our health, our eating, our immune systems, and um, how we take care of ourselves. So there's been clear signs for at least 20 years or more, at least 30 years, that we need to, that some changes have been made, need to be made to our society as a whole in regards to our lifestyle, Okay. Um, there's also been more than enough signs as far as even longer than 20, 30 years that our healthcare system is shit and that we can't trust our healthcare system because it is designed to profit off of our, our, um, our poor health. Okay. So there's that. And this COVID-19 situation has definitely brought to light that to light. Like it's painfully, if it wasn't painfully obvious before it's it's excruciatingly obvious now okay um so the way we've been living our lives have put us at risk and it's also interesting that with this COVID-19 this pandemic um all the ways that we have all the areas that we put our livelihoods and our health at risk have been exposed for example um our eating and um you know our um doctors the how we you know the way our doctors have responded or not responded to this covid like so basically you know it's it's brought to light that we can't rely on our doctors because when it hit we were many of us were the common advice was to self quarantine and self diagnose so a lot of people doctors were offices and hospitals were shutting down when covid hit so that was one sign, you know, that 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 one revel revelation. The other revelation was, um, you know, our eating. And once it hit, like how our grocery stores were responding and what we had access to at the grocery stores as far as food was concerned, etc. The other way was jobs. So a lot of us were forced to 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 be laid off or work from home. Um, because, you know, and it revealed to us, we started to realize that the stress from working, the jobs that we worked 
and the hours that we worked and just all that, you know, et cetera, was contributing to our poor health. And we didn't realize that until we weren't able to work and we were able to slow down. Um, you know, a lot of us were forced to, you know, there's a lot of uh, extra, and there still is, a lot of extra um, emphasis on cleanliness. And so that's another thing because a lot of people, a lot of us were running around here not clean, not sanitary, you know, not, I mean, even down to just like basic washing of hands, you know, like for that to have been a whole theme of this whole year, <laughs> like wash your hands and to 20 seconds or more and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, so there's just all these different ways that COVID was revealing to us that the way we were living just wasn't supporting our health. And so, um, there was a lot of lessons I feel like with this pandemic, if people were really paying attention, but people were so caught up in fear and still are caught up in fear about it, that a lot of people are missing the lessons. Um, so, and a lot of it too, was just like, I realized what frustrated me about the pandemic. And so that's just a lack of common sense. Like a lot of people don't understand how viruses work. A lot of people don't understand. Um, they're so quick to just follow what's being told to them instead of doing their own research and getting their own understanding. And, you know, like I still don't get the whole wearing mask thing because when you wear a mask all day, it causes you to breathe in your own carbon dioxide. And that's we we can't breathe in our own carbon dioxide. That's toxic. So that that to me is just fucking wild. And my biggest irritation with this pandemic is just this whole like forcing of of um of wearing masks i'll tell you what this is a sidebar and i can do a lot of sidebars because this is just my informal rant (laughs) in this episode but i recently traveled to vegas and i was so annoyed that 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 my airline was requiring all airlines i think were but particularly mine was requiring me or us all, you couldn't board the plane without a mask and you had to keep your mask on the whole time. Let me tell you, by the time I got off that plane and it was a three and a half hour ride, by the time I got off that plane, I had a headache and that that fucked up my immune system. That alone fucked up my immune system. I got off that plane feeling sick, having headaches, not feeling well. And I had to like take supplements for two days to get my immune system back up and that's just me wearing a mask for three hours people who have to wear it at their jobs i don't know how they're fucking doing that shit to be honest so you know but it's just this whole fear dynamic and then people just not um not thinking for themselves and not utilizing common sense so you know that's how i feel about the pandemic but there's something that I really want to stress too um, about this about this pandemic. And what that is, this thing I want to stress, is that the spiritual realm has been warning us about this pandemic for at least a year. Readings have warned us, the spirits, our spirit guides have warned us, and our ancestors have warned us about this. The reason why I make that statement is because for those of us who are initiated in an African traditional religion, um, whether it be Ifa, Lukumi, Paula Mayombe, Aisha Voodoo, um, I know that for especially for Lukumi and Ifa, 
Um, there is a reading that happens every year. We call it the, the reading of the year and it's done on a couple levels. It's either done by, um, the overall clergy, um, the high ranking clergy, um, and like that's oversees the whole, um, tradition that, um, is in charge of, um, um, managing the whole clergy. I guess I was trying to say that, um, and then there's also, if you're part of a spiritual house, then you have the reading for your particular house. So there's one reading that happens for the entire group, and then there's one that is done for your particular house, okay? And so, and it's done at whatever the new year um, is considered for, you know, so for us in our house, our ELA, we did ours in January. I know Ifa, they, uh, their, their new year is in June, so they just they just did theirs. And then there's a couple other Ifa groups that they did theirs like earlier in the year, around like the same time we did ours. Um and what this reading consists of, it's like they call it the letter for the year, they do the the divinations, and then it lists it basically talks about the Orishas that show up. And this is particularly for Ifa and, and Lukumi, um the Orisha based African traditional religions. So they do a reading and then um, the Rishas will show up, the certain letters will show up, the, the uh, Odus is what they're called. And then they'll talk about the themes for the year, what to look out for, what warn, what, to, what we need to be mindful of, warnings, taboos, and any type of sacrifices, ebos, appeasements that need to be made in order to avoid misfortune for the year. And I will tell you that it, it was consistent across the tradition across the houses across um each group that the, the warning was to watch our health the warning was against um illness plague what each of us watching our health i even had my own personal because you can get your own um individual reading too each year um if you are you know uh if you are practice or whatever you have a an elder that you can go to even my own personal reading was talking about me watching my health that's why I've been very diligent about it this year okay across the board it was the same messages okay now that is from those of us who are initiated in, in, in the African traditional religions and we have access to that information or whatever but it was consistent you know so that's the one 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 example of how that was coming up the other example is that, you know, for those of us who practice um, spiritism, and this is outside of any African traditional religion, we held misas. Misas are, and I won't get into what a misa is. Um, I may do a whole separate podcast about what a misa is because people do ask me about them. Um, but basically, we, um, you know, get together as a group of mediums and we hold a service where we commune with our spirit guides and our ancestors and they pass messages and even they were warning about health and you know um certain to having us to do certain things for protection and even this past meeting that i had with my elay um you know one of our spirit guides came and was saying things were going to get worse so for and she advised on certain things that we could do to protect ourselves so there was that warning and then the ancestors like the ancestors have been um coming through and 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 as an ancestral medium as a medium who has a particular um ability to commune sp specifically with ancestors and, and those of bloodlines 
Um, they've been very adamant about warning um, of dangers and illnesses and certain things um, um, in regards to just our need to protect ourselves and watch our health and watch our, our, our homes and our families and our, our communities. So this is this is not new information, but now shit is at the fan and it's it's a reality, you know, so. Um, my point is that we're not in a space of being able to ignore, like we can't ignore what our instructions anymore because for those of us who've been getting instructions and, and warnings and we haven't been minding them now we're getting, getting, and I'm saying we as a collective, but I've been minding my, my, my instructions. So I've been good, but I can't imagine those who haven't been minding their instructions, what they're going through. Um, and those are probably the people who are coming to me for readings, to real talk. So my point is, is that we're not in this and we're no longer have the ability to ignore what the spirits are telling us, what our ancestors are telling us, what our um, deities, our, our, our guiding angels are telling us. Like we, we, we are not in that space anymore because they are not playing with us anymore. And let me tell you, Earth is acting the fuck up. Earth is showing out. Earth is over it. She's tired. She's like, fuck out of here. And this is the result. And she's been warning. We've been getting warnings about that for a very long time now. So now the time for warnings is over. The time now is for action, which leads me to talking about these re- these revolts. Now, I had to take a second and uh, pour my second cup of coffee. Um... First of all, I want to be very clear. I am for these uprisings. I'm 100% for it. I'm 100% for fucking shit up, burning shit down. Um, I I feel like this shit should have been happening a long time ago. <laughs> so I am all the way for it. I think that it's a blessing that spirit is sitting me down um, and having me sit this one out because me the type of person I am the way that I would have been organizing these um uprisings would have got me put in jail and some folks killed you know what I'm saying so and just so I can you know give you guys a background I used to do activist work uh you know that's another reason why I'm so silent right now because you know up until I I just about left Vegas before I came to Atlanta I was doing a lot of activist work in Vegas you know, I was very much um, active in the LGBT movement um, and uh, doing um, a lot of stuff with, with, with that movement. Um, I remember the last major rally that I coordinated was the Trayvon Martin rally in Vegas, which is sad because that was back in 2012. And here we are, you know, eight years later, and we're still having that same thing going on the, the, the thing that's interesting is that that was the last major rally that I organized was that um I kind of put it I put the activism down um after that because it, I was exhausted it was tiring it was very taxing for me um but yeah I mean you know I, I did a lot of um activist work with um um the um I used to participate in like the May Day marches and like the a lot of immigration rights movement stuff and um 
you know, Mecha and the, the different Chicano um, Latino groups and whatnot. So it's like crazy active activists and like all these different movements and things. Um, so um, I'm not new to any of this. Um, I, you know, put in my work for these for these movements but it, it is a lot. It's a lot. And it there's no way as an activist that you can really sustain yourself um, unless you have a support system and, you, and a very solid spiritual practice. And at the time, I didn't. So I burnt out. And then once I got back into like once I got into my spiritual work and and whatnot, I just kind of shifted into being more of a spiritual activist. Um, but my true feelings about these revolts is that it's about fucking time. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm going to tell you something too. In the diaspora, there is numerous slave revolts and there's numerous, there's more slave revolts in maroon societies. And when I say maroon societies, that's what they call the, um, settlements of, of, um, slaves or enslaved people that ran away and they created their they called them maroon societies all through the diaspora they don't really talk a lot about it but there was a lot more uprisings and a lot more maroon societies and a lot more revolts than um than people want to put out there and so it's always been a thing this ain't fucking new right but i will tell you that you know and this is coming from somebody who studied um extensively studied Latin American comparative politics. When we reviewed the history of Latin America, North America, and um, the Caribbean, the West Indies, the only country that won its independence from a true bloody revolution was Haiti. Okay? They're the only country in the diaspora that won its freedom through an actual bloodied ward revolution by the time these other countries started doing it the european powers were taxed out i'm gonna school you guys on some history the european countries were taxed out like spain france um britain uh portugal um they were taxed out because the one they were warring with each other and so they were already engaging in like uh, wars, you know, between each other in Europe. But then they didn't have the money to maintain their um, colonies, their North American colonies. So when people started to um, those who were in these colonies, when they started to uh, revolutionize against their particular uh, imperial um, power, the um that particular country that power just said well fuck it we can't we can't afford to keep order in these colonies so let's just give them their independence so for haiti is the only exception to that <laughs> and that says a lot that says a whole fucking lot when you put that into perspective um you know somebody said you know there's a lot of people that are uh 
you know, talking shit or downing the the protest and the looting and the riots, talking about you got to be peaceful. I'm not for peace when it comes to mass change of structure. Like for someone who studied political science, no regime has ever been changed due to peace. Now, you may want to talk about India and um, Gandhi's movement, but the only reason why Britain started to give India its independence is because they couldn't afford to fucking keep India. It's the same thing. Um, The UK didn't have, the British crown didn't have the money to keep controlling and keep um, colonizing India. And two, they already took the resources out of India that they needed. So they it wasn't in their best interest to keep it anyway. They already took what they wanted. So they didn't even need the country anymore. So, for, you know, if, if, if you were to really talk about and break down the, 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 you know, what it really takes historically, what it's ever taken to change a regime or change an institution, it's been revolutions, violent, warring revolutions. Okay, so that's why I say in regards to these uprisings and these um, revolts, it's about time. Um, But at the same time, too, as a collective, we're feeling the anger of our ancestors. And it's a it's a justified and well-placed anger. Um, And because for me, I'm very much aware of the spiritual implications of anger. Um, Anger is a moving force. Okay, um, anger is a moving force and it's very necessary. So to tell people, oh, you shouldn't be angry. Oh, you should be peaceful. Oh, the riots, this isn't good, etc., etc. To tell people that it's like no, you, it's 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 showing that you have no understanding as to the the spiritual use of anger, but also just the social. Um, and collective placement of the emotion. And it's very dismissive. It's very, very dismissive. Um, and it's also a projection because for those who are so adamant about being peaceful and not, you know, we got to do things, passive protests and whatever, um, those are the type of people who don't rock the boat. Those are the type of people who um, are probably sit on a whole bunch of their own anger, and they're scared of it. So when they see a, when they see anger, a reflection of it in their environment, it makes them uncomfortable. Okay, and I'm here to tell you, fuck all of that. Fuck all of that. And that's not just on a collective level. Just like in your own day to day life like it's okay to feel anger it's okay to say something's not okay it's okay to stand up and say you know what i'm about to just do something drastic to make a change because that's how you facilitate change it's so funny like my mother i tell a lot of people this it's it's a funny thing so my mother is a very um if you ever meet her i know i posted maybe a couple pictures of her and for those who've seen pictures of my mother like she looks very like classy and bougie and you know and poised and she is however my mother is is she got a little bit of um she got a little bit of hood in her a little bit of ratchet in her right so my mother told me that um, my mother will turn the fuck up like she'll go from poised to fucking 
I don't even know what to call it, but it will switch in a minute if she needs to. And my mother is very, <laughs> it's so funny to watch it. But my mother told me, she says, sometimes when you're dealing with a motherfucker, you got to learn how to speak motherfuck. And I always laugh about that because I'm like, yo, mom, are you serious? Did you just say that? You know, because my mother doesn't even look like the type of person who even talk like that. But her point is that sometimes when you're dealing with certain people, you have to learn how to speak their language in order to get them to fucking understand what it is like, like what they're doing and how it's affecting you. You know, sometimes you have to learn how to speak their language in order to get them to back the fuck up off of you. You know what I'm saying? And it's and so don't let this love and light movement trick you into thinking that it's beneath you or, you know, you can't lower yourself. Um, you know, like don't lower yourself or don't lower your vibration. Like, no, because if your life is being threatened or your livelihood is being threatened, you have every right to turn the fuck up. And I'm going to tell you that this what's going on with our with us and as a black community, our lives are being threatened. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have children yet, but I can't imagine as a mother being afraid of my children going out to play or, you know what I'm saying? Like, or doing whatever it is that kids do because they may or may not make it back home. You know, like their safety, constantly being worried about their safety. I don't have children, but I have a brother. And let me tell you, if somebody murdered my brother, cold, like in any way, there there would be no amount of anything saving that person from me. Okay? So that is the anger, not only just of the collective, but of our ancestors, of the great mothers of Mother Earth. Like, that's what we're feeling as a community. And it is being played out in our actions. And that's the reason why everybody's turning up. And honestly, I hope it's it continues. And I hope it doesn't stop until shit really changes. And I, you know, and there was... A woman who did this Instagram video, she she just talked about, and I know it went circulated because it had like three million views by the time I watched it. But she at the end she said that, you know, she, first of all she said that she hopes that they you know that they burn all this shit to the ground, and I agree with her. You know what I'm saying? Like I hope that they burn all this this shit, all this whole motherfucker to the ground. Um. But also she said that, you know, people are lucky that black folks are pushing for equality and not revenge. But even if we were pushing for revenge, like it definitely is justified. And then I also want to say this about the revolts. Um, We're justified in feeling the way that we feel. We're justified in acting the way that we act in regard in response to this, because be honest with you. In my opinion, we built this country, so we have every right to tear this shit down if we want to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I feel, you know? Um, we built it, and so we want to fuck shit up. It's our right, you know, because technically we own this bitch. You know what I'm saying? And so this is the part of, of, of my thoughts that are controversial. <laughs> and, you know... Um, that you know but i but that's just how i feel i feel like we built this so we can tear it up we can tear it down we can burn it if we want to we can destroy it um but even more importantly we don't need anyone's permission to respond how we respond or to feel the way we feel right so there's a lot but particularly i'm seeing it from a lot of non black folks and particularly white people who are just like 
aghast and horrified that we are, you know, tearing shit up and, you know, trying to just force this narrative that we shouldn't be like that, that we're, you know, acting out, out wrongly or that we shouldn't be at, that basically trying to dictate how we revolt or how we resist. And I'm like, we don't need anybody's permission to do what we're doing. You know, we don't need anybody's permission to feel the way we feel. And this is not just on a collective level in terms of what's going on with this, with these riots. This is also just in general, you know what I'm saying? Like on a day-to-day basis, just as individuals, because, you know, our environment is a reflection of what's going on within us. So however we're feeling right now in regards to anything and however we're responding to it, we don't need anybody's permission to feel and respond. And I just really want to stress that. I really want to put that out there. We don't need anybody's fucking permission. We don't need anybody's permission. (laughs) You know, and I'm going to say one more time. We do not need anyone's permission to feel the way we feel or to respond how we respond. Now, I also want to emphasize and make a point that this is very much a a social revolution as much as it's a spiritual revolution. So that means that as we're out on the front lines, you know, those of us who are protesting and writing and, you know, doing our activism, we also have to make sure that we're tending to things on a spiritual level. That means get your ancestor altars up, like your protection though. Like I'm not, as I'm seeing more, you know, of these stories of these headlines of the protests and things like that i'm like where are people's protection where's the spiritual protection first of all people are already going out to these protests scared to have actual you know they don't they're scared to arm themselves they're scared to have mace and just different things that they could have just to protect themselves in general um and then there's no spiritual protection i'm like where are folks's ancestor altars like you know, like get your ancestor altars up because and connect with your ancestors because they're the ones that are that are that are working through you for this change, for this this pro this this social change. Get your blue hoodie up, like yo, like I you know I see all these witches that are like on Instagram and social media and. You know, they're the ones that are doing the love spells and the money spells. But once shit hit the fan, ain't nobody talking about no war water. Ain't nobody talking about no fucking hot foot powder. Ain't nobody fucking talking about no railroad spikes. I think Bossy Bruja is the only one out here. Um, and his sister, Flower, Flower Omega, she talked, she mentioned it too. But ain't nobody else talking about the real shit. You know, because people don't, and I know I'm getting hype. So I probably should calm down. But I'm also on my second cup of coffee. Um, so... That may be another reason, but, you know, a lot of people don't understand that magic or indigenous magical practices is a form of resistance. Hoodoo, conjure, root work, um, folk magic has been, it's always been a form of resistance because when we were colonized, that's the first thing that was taken from us and, sh- and stripped from us. So the very act of us practicing our indigenous magic is an act of resistance it is a a revolt it is a social protest so 
you know, everybody thinks that magic is pretty and it's neat and it's clean and it's love and light. It's not all of it is. So as people are out on the front lines, I'm like, y'all throwing, um, like, like I said, like who, nobody's talking about war water, throwing war water at these damn police officers or throwing war water at these different precincts. Nobody's talking about, um, you know, hot foot powder hitting these fucking, you know, police and these different people with hot foot powder, brick dust. Nobody's talking about using um, conditioned oil for keeping the law away. We call it law away oil, conditioned oil or conjure oil. Nobody's talking about um, appealing to these deities that rule police and rule courthouses. Ogun and Ochosi, for those who, for those who practice um, Orisha work or Orisha worship. <laughs> nobody is like really talking about that shit you know so it's so funny like last year because I'm an activist you know a, a social activist last year when ICE was coming through and harassing people and detaining people and deporting people I had created all that's what started my whole line of spiritual warfare products on my website that's what got me making war water and collecting railroad spikes and making brick dust and hot foot powder and protection oils. My, my St. Michael sword oil. Like that's what started that to protect people from that type of um, terror, you know, being terrorized by these institutions. That's what I decided to put my magic towards, you know, so. Get, you know, like I said, like when, as we're out here talking about this revolution, like get your ancestor altars, get your, your witchcraft, your blue hoodie up. Talk to your spirit guides. Tend to your spirits. Feed them. Give them their tools because they're fighting the battles too. Let me tell you, in the past 30 days, my all of my spirits have asked for all kinds of upgrades to their shrines. Asked for all kinds of tools, mirrors, daggers, um you know, coffins, um, machetes, like all kinds of shit. And I've just been getting them what they need because they're, they're working too, you know? So if you don't know who your spirit guides are, you're in your spiritual court, now's the time to figure that shit out and work with them because they're fighting for you too and fighting with you too, you know? And then just on a regular, like on a, on a, on a, on a um, physical level, train, fight, learn how to, Wield a weapon, learn how to shoot a gun, learn how to shoot a bone and arrow, learn how to knife combat. Like, I mean, all of it, all of it, <laughs> all of it. You got to learn how to work all sides of this in order for this to be a balanced revolution and a balanced change. You can't only rely on one thing, y'all, to get this shit changed and get this get this thing going. So anybody who's listening to this, who's participating in any of these social movements, make sure you're covering all your bases. And at the very, very least, get your ancestor altered together and commune with your ancestors. Because that rage that you're feeling is also is, is the, the rage of your ancestors and the rage of your, your, your spirit guides. Because here's the reality of that. The reality is that in the, in, the, in the spiritual realm, you don't ever take anything without giving something back. 
if you do that, you not only do you piss the spirits off that you've taken from, you you start accumulating and collecting a, a no, you start accumulating and accruing a karmic debt. Now, when you have a country that is based off of exploitation and taking without giving, um, and not only taking without giving, but torturing and and exploiting those that it took from, then you got a serious problem. You got a serious karmic debt. And that's exactly what this country is 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 on. It's founded on it, and it's accumulated this debt for the last, what, five, six hundred years? So you have a, a, about a six hundred year old debt. Okay, so the powers that may that be, they owe a debt to the original inhabitants of this of this country, the First Nations, um, and the indigenous people that that uh, owned that were inhabiting this land um, prior to them. They owe a huge karmic debt to their those that had they've enslaved, you know, black folks um, and others. That they've enslaved, they brought to this this country. Um, there's a lot of blood that's been spilt onto the soil. Um, there's a lot of injustices that have been done. You have a whole nation of very pissed off spirits that are coming to collect. And that is what's going on right now. And this is the reason why that none of this shit's going to ease up anytime soon. And that's the reason why one of my spirit guides came down and said it's going to get worse. Okay. And I'm not worried because I don't owe no debt. <laughs> but um, the descendants of those who've, start, who've um, started this tab, they owe this debt. So... What has come to me for a long time, you know, whenever I would have spirits come to me or I would do, you know, have visions and whatnot. What's been constantly told to me that the spirits of this land, they want the the impression to end. They're tired of it. They're over it. They're, they're ready for it to end. But not only that, they want their descendants to take this land back. So on all levels. You know, like buying land, owning land, but also just like taking ownership of just this institutions, this this country. And so when I really see these revolts, I see the potential of them. Um, I see what it could be if things were executed and supported in a way where there could be some real change and I'm all for it. But I'm also seeing all the ways it can go wrong, too. So, you know, like I said, I've been watching and waiting, watching and waiting. And, um, yeah, that's I I've spent quite a bit of time on this one. So I think I'm going to take a sip of coffee and move on. (laughs) So I want to talk about black rage because that is what is that's the energy that is propelling a lot of this stuff forward. And. So, you know, historically, black folks have been made out to be overly emotional and therefore irrational, you know, based off of the, you know, compared to the standards of white people um, or colonizers. They have um, made it seem as though to be emotional is to be irrational. And thus, you know, we're, we're it was the what they used to justify, um, you know, 
controlling us or because you know they they've always historically made it seem like our emotions caused us not to be able to um make our own decisions or we weren't able to you know take care of ourselves etc but the reality is that on a magical sense when it comes to metaphysics emotions are what propels magic this is what creates spells you cannot ever do a spell or do any type of alchemy or any type of metaphysical work without there being an emotion behind it. Um, so that's why whenever any people do like visualization techniques or they do like spell work with candle magic, one of the things that you're told to do is to connect with the emotion that um, to um, yeah connect with the emotion that's tied to whatever the spell work is. You know, so for example, um, a, a, a very um, like a uh, an accurate um, spell work, like spell instruction, will tell you to, if you, for example, if you're doing a money spell, uh, a person who knows what they're doing and is instructing you will tell you to, if you're wanting to get a new job with a raise that makes more money, they'll tell you to visualize yourself, not only visualize yourself getting that raise and making that money, but also connect with the feeling that you will get from when you get that job. And when you make that money, it's the feeling that creates the magic. So it was very strategic to make us out to be like, you know, where black folks are overly emotional. And they do it to women, too. You know, they um, people treat not just white folks, but people in general, particularly men, will try to treat women as though our emotions make us irrational. But what it really is, is that um, our emotions are our biggest power. That's the reason why there's so much work that is done to manipulate our emotions. Because if black folks' emotions are manipulated on a mass scale, it creates a collective ritual. And then whatever that uh, focus of that uh, emotion is on, like the energy is what creates it in the, 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 the entire collective. Okay? So... With that being said, a lot of times we will try to mute our emotions because we don't want to seem, um, you know, we don't want to get a bad rep or we don't want to be uh, seen as, you know, on a lower light. And and this happens a lot, particularly with, um, you know, the whole theme of the, like the whole idea of the angry black woman, you know, a lot of, and a lot of, um, a lot of white, especially white women particularly, will gaslight black women anytime that we are assertive or we, you know, are a certain way. Or even if we really are angry, you know, making it seem like we're, oh, you're just an angry black woman. So, and it makes, it is demeaning and it is con- uh, condescending and it does um, affect our confidence in a lot of ways to be labeled that. So a lot of black women will try to be people pleasers or they will try to mute their anger or just any part of themselves that is strong or assertive in order to not be labeled as the angry black woman or the bitch quote unquote so um but what that does is that it causes us to mute our magic so getting back to what i was saying about black rage um (laughs) we need that energy period right now because that black rage let me tell you what black rage does first of all black rage gets shit done okay that's the reason why now there's all like these 
like mass movements of trying, <laughs> the world's trying to appease us right now because they know that if collectively we get pissed, it's, it's, it's all this shit is falling apart because of the strength of our emotions, the magic tied to our emotions. And that's just if one of us is angry. We're talking about a collective conscious energy of black rage across the world because there are revolts going on in all these different countries so black rage gets shit done it facilitates change um the reality is that the only reason why things are the way they are is because we given it permission you know and it's so funny because and I, you know this is the other part of me that's controversial so I'll, i don't know if you guys remember when you know Kanye West completely fell off you know he completely had his black card not only revoked but just like burned and he will never get that shit back when he did that interview i think it was on TMZ and he said you know what did he say 400 years of slavery or 500 whatever he said he's like sounds sounds to me like a choice and a lot of people only heard the fact that he said that it was a choice. They didn't hear everything he was saying. And I got it. You know, he said, it sounds to me like a choice. And a lot of people were so upset and so, you know, up in arms about it. But what he was really saying was that for us to have been in enslavement for that long, there, we gave permission to be in that state collectively. Now, mind you, there was a lot of us that were revolting and a lot of us that, you know, like I said, creating maroon societies, running away, etc. But there wasn't enough of us doing it for there to have been a collective shift. Right. So not on our own, you know, not on our own. And even down to the, you know, the Civil War, the U.S. Civil War, that was based off of economics. It wasn't really about slavery. Um, and that's a whole other history lesson I can give, but that I'm not going to. But my point is that, like I said, the only reason why things have gone on the way that they've gone on is because we've given it permission. That's period. It's common. It's a common saying that people will treat you the way you allow them to treat you. And see, the controversial part of me, I'll say this. Police know what communities they can go in and harass. Okay. Um, they will go in and they will harass the communities that they can get away with. There's certain communities that police do not fuck with. And I'll tell you this. If the police knew that if they were to break down our door and get shot on sight for trespassing on our property they would be a lot less likely to do so. Okay, and I'm not saying shooting police because, you know, I don't want nobody coming for me. No, I don't want no FBI, no, you know, authorities coming for me. But my point is that if the police knew that there were repercussions, I'm talking about real repercussions for what they were doing, they wouldn't be doing it. So at some point, we gave permission for this. And now... This black rage that is occurring is us saying, no, mm -mm, no more. We don't give permission for this shit anymore. You know, it's funny. So as um, I was when as an undergraduate at Cal State Long Beach, um, we my 
concentration was political theory. So I read, we went to a lot of classes on political philosophers. One of my favorite was Henry Thoreau. Now, let me tell you about Mr. Thoreau. Thoreau, um, he lived um, in the early 1800s. Very, very unorthodox, very different. You know, he was a white man born, I think, Massachusetts in the early 1800s. He, he died pretty young. You know, he only lived, I don't think he lived to be quite 50. Um, I think he died of tuberculosis, never had children, nothing like that. But he was a very, he wrote a lot of different essays. Um, I think he wrote, and he wrote books too, like he wrote Walden. And he also wrote Civil Disobedience. And the reason why I bring Henry Thoreau up, because he was labeled an anarchist. Um, he was also an abolitionist and he was a feminist. He believed in, in, in equal rights for women um, because you don't have to be a woman to be a feminist. Um, but he believed in equal rights for women. He definitely believed in the abolition of slavery. Um, and he would walk a lot. He was really he was known for walking from cut like state to state. And he was a minimalist. You know, he was walk from one state to the other and write these essays and connect with people. So, you know, that's who Henry Thoreau was. But the reason why they called him an anarchist is because he definitely was for um, facilitating or initiating revolutionary or unorthodox uh, um, movements or actions in order to change institutions. And one of my favorite things that he mentioned or he advised was if a as a community if you were not happy with the way your government was doing things doing business then he advised to stop paying taxes because we don't have to pay taxes legally we don't have to pay taxes that's a whole other situation a whole other conversation he advised to stop paying taxes basically he advised to stop funding your government <laughs> and then that was a way to get them to stop, you know, to get their attention, first of all, but also as a way to protest. You know, he was one of the first people to mention or uh, uh, introduce economic protesting, which is actually Martin Luther King Jr. got a lot of his methods from Henry Thoreau, you know, with the civil rights movement. That's why Martin Luther King focused on um, economic protesting and boycotting because that was introduced by Henry Thoreau. But Henry Thoreau was talking about not paying taxes so you could basically bankrupt and defund your government. Um, <laughs> but the reason why I bring that up is because, you know, that is one way that I mentioned about not giving permission. Um, that was his way of saying, like making that as a collective, we can formally state not we could formally state that, that that we're not giving permission to a certain thing because here's what's happening the reality um our police they're public servants they're funded by our tax money which means that we are essentially paying them to kill us okay i'm gonna say that again police officers are public servants their salaries are funded by our tax money which means that we are essentially paying them to murder us so when we talk about revolutions and, and protests and permission, we have to look at it from all angles. Okay. So 
you know, as we, you know, and I, I, of course, I love the idea of um, burning down Wendy's and Target's, you know, um, because that that is valid. You know, anytime businesses, if they don't feel safe being in a, a certain city, then they, they can run the risk of pulling out, which means that city or that area loses money. So that is strategic. That's very strategic. You know, it's not mindless to burn down um, you know, a commercial building. However, it's, it just needs to be more, the more of a statement to say that we don't give permission to what's happening. Okay. So I can get into a lot more, but I won't because I, I feel like I'm running the risk of putting myself under the radar. <laughs> and that's why I said earlier, this is the reason why I don't, I'm not heading any of these movements because yo, I sure would be on the FBI's most wanted list. So just to make very clear, um, this black rage is it's a, an uh, illustration or it is a embodiment of a collective rage against oppression. It's a call to sovereignty, though. More than anything, it's a call to sovereignty. And that's the reason why it's extremely important um, to reconnect with the ways of your ancestors, reclaim you know, are the you know your magic reclaim your ancient knowledge, reclaim your connection to your bloodline, your lineage. That's all a part of what's going on right now. It's more than what's on the surface. It's deeper than what's just being presented. Um, and it's it's on all levels. It's it's on all levels. So lastly, I just want to talk about my sisters and the role of women in this movement um because yeah I just kind of like been reflecting because there's been you know we have one sister that was killed as she was act you know um doing her activism and there's been other stories of sisters that have been assaulted and harassed and um i just been sitting with how i feel about that um i mean obviously i it, it it makes me angry um but when i you know on a objective level i've been sitting with what with how i feel and what that means because that that level of violence towards women particularly black women in this within this movement um has been coming to the forefront recently within the last week or, or so um as far as in the news, however, again, as someone who studied social movements, this isn't new because that was an issue within the, within the Black Panther movement and how the women in the Black Panther movement were mistreated and, um, you know, were not respected um, and were, uh, you know, very much um, put as a second status, a second, um, treated as second citizens within the movement but the reality is that yo like we as women are the pioneers of social movements um there is no fucking social movement without us there is just period like and this is another thing like any major revolution um in social movement was started and headed and and pioneered by women we are the social movement. You know, like if you almost every successful social movement within Latin America was started by women or mothers, groups of mothers, especially labor movements in Latin America. Um, 
the Haitian Revolution was, um, you know, pioneered. I mean, well, I mean, you've got your your generals and your men that um, were the face of that movement, but the the one who the main ones who um, initiated that was a black mambo. She was a <laughs> she was a voodoo priestess. Okay. Um, I just, it's very sad that that's not acknowledged and there's so much ignorance around with men in particular within, um, activism, like they don't fucking get it. Um, the reality is that we are the pioneers of social movements, that there is no success without us. Like, you will never win a social movement without the presence and the participation and the blessing of women, particularly black women. Um, you can't do this shit without us, because even if we're not on the front line and I'm actually in this moment speaking to my brothers, you know, because my thing is I've I've been very blessed and fortunate not to have experienced violence at the hands of my brother brothers my black men um but I have so I've never been assaulted or anything like that but I have experienced aggression um and I've seen it I've seen black men um treat my sisters in such a way and I have a lot of sisters who've experienced it um so I'm speaking to my 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 brothers in this moment you can't win this war without us Okay, Um, and if you're already talking about a collective energy of angry ancestors, raping and killing us is not going to make those ancestors even like there's definitely not going to help that situation. You know what I'm saying? Now you're creating your own karmic debt within your own community. So what I'm saying is that, you know, all my brothers that are, are, are protesting and that are participating in the social movement and within the spiritual movement as well, you got to honor and protect us. You know, you got to honor and protect us. Um, particularly, you have to protect us. Um, because we are your freedom. And my sisters, you know, we definitely are in a space of having to step up and lead and heal and work our magic. We also are being called to hold our men accountable and to hold our community accountable. So... I may do a whole separate episode about women and spirituality, like particularly like the role of women and feminine energy within the spiritual movement and and, and spiritual practices. But um, just on a just a social level and a physical level, like I need I need y'all to do better, because like I said, like you won't ever win your freedom without us. And, you know, there was a um, you know, there's a certain story that I actually just happened to read today. It was sent to me. And basically, and it's an Ifa story or Ifa Odu, and it talks about Ogun's mother. And it was saying that um, Ogun, he, he doesn't achieve 
victory without his mother. You know, Ogun is the god of war and industry and technology and the Orisha tradition. And in this story, like in this this certain Odu or this uh, proverb, Ifa proverb or Yoruba proverb, it talks about he, um, he Ogun only achieves victory. Um, he does not achieve victory without the presence and the blessing of his mother. And so that's a very important um, lesson to take on a collective level. Um, the reason why this movement is so strong is because you have black mothers who are fearing for their children and their sons particularly. So you have a whole collective group of black women that are riding for the protection of our men, but we need to in turn be protected too. Um, so y'all gotta fucking do better. And, um, that's all I can really say, you know, um, that's all I can really say about it. So I think I'm going to end it there. Um, I think I've talked (laughs) enough and, um, I am to the bottom of my second cup of coffee. So I feel like I need to stop before I (laughs) brew another cup of coffee. Um, it's 1159 on June (laughs) 17th and um I went in for a whole ass almost hour and a half so I think that's enough but I definitely appreciate you appreciate you all for listening in on my rant um am I just speaking my mind and my opinion about everything that's going on in the world right now um I will be reopening my availability as of July 1st um and I'll just be focused on that as well as um preparing for my second wave of students for language of tarot because right now my way of um, supporting this movement is to teach you guys teach you guys what I know as far as just how to tap into your magic how to tap tap into your sovereignty how to utilize your tools connect with your ancestors like that's my role within this social movement in this spiritual movement so that is what I will be focused on so, um, I thank you for your, um, listening ear <laughs> for those who listened in and, um, yeah, as always, if you have any questions or you want to reach out to me, definitely do so. I know some of you have been emailing me, so I'm, I'm going to respond to those emails. I just haven't really been on that this month, but I just want to let you know that, that if you've emailed me, I will be responding to you before the month is out, okay? Um, and then anybody else who wants to reach out, definitely reach out. Email me, therapeuticvibrations at gmail.com or hit up the website, bethevibe.com. There's a contact form. Um, please don't, don't please don't DM me on Instagram and please don't hit me. I haven't logged into Facebook all month. Um, and don't DM me on Instagram because I just can't take it anymore. So just email me, hit me up on the website or for those who got my number because quite a few of you do call me text me well no don't call me text me (laughs) all right so that's it peace and blessings and definitely you know make sure that you're keeping yourself grounded safe and protected um during this time all right peace